Red Glow is an everything photography podcast covering the entire range of photography from chemical, darkroom, and alternative-based processes all the way to modern digital photography and beyond. Be sure to visit us at www.underredglow.com. And now your host, John Milliker Jr. Hello, and thank you for joining us for episode 85 of the Under Red Glow podcast. My name is John Milliker, and I'm a full-time photographer who practices, teaches, and demonstrates nearly every photographic process in history, including modern digital gear and techniques. And with me in studio is my co-host, Lavoie Christine. She practices and demonstrates many processes as well and is our entry-level process and kids' class instructor. Welcome, Christine. Good evening. What is going on? We had a nice, relaxing weekend. Nice, relaxing weekend. Once, uh, finally, just seems like we just never get a vacation. Uh, Even though we just came back from Florida. (laughs) (laughs) We went went to uh, one of our favorite destinations uh, at the beach. And even though it was kind of cold and... Windy and fall. It was actually foggy this morning, which was really, really weird uh, on the on the ocean. Uh, but we went out there, and we one of the, one of the, the few hotels that we go out over there have uh, has an indoor hot tub and, and pool. And we just lived there for like four days. Got some stuff done. Christine, uh, Christine got herself a book that uh, that she's been enjoying, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And I uh, got some some organization done kind of some some learning on my own i'm trying to trying to relearn uh, adobe after effects and there were a couple things with adobe premiere pro that i just had lost you know i i i I can i can get through with uh with color correcting but i i need to get better at color correcting and i i think i i'm on the right track i can't wait until i edit the next video and see if uh if i learned anything or if i'm just an idiot you're not an idiot yeah, some people will beg to differ. <laughs> uh, I think that's it. We yeah. started our we started our little trip with a fire, and we ended our trip with a fire. Yeah, that was interesting. We we drove by the national uh, the, one of the wildlife preserves, and um, they were doing a control burn. Big big marshes were just on fire and and smoking, and. Then on the way home, I guess some careless driver. I hope I hope not. But some somehow the median caught on fire on the main the main road that that came back. So I'm thinking somebody silly some somebody uh, did something silly and tossed maybe a, a, a cigarette or something out out of their car window. Um, and uh, and then the fire department and the and the highway had to get shut down. And so thanks for that. I really appreciate that. Yeah, small detour on the way home. <laughs> At least it didn't wasn't very far, but yeah. Yeah, we had to detour, but uh, well, that was uh, whew, that that fire was going up pretty quick. Yeah. But uh, I guess I guess it happens. I don't know. But uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about. Uh, I think we're not gonna talk any more about about our trip, but we'll talk a little bit about some uh, some news coming up. Uh, Christine's got a, a new book. I've got a new toy. And, uh, and there's something I really want to get off my chest. But we'll talk about this after this word from our sponsor. All right, Christine. Yeah. I want to I want to I want to bring one thing up. And we don't get political here. And I think it's I think it's well known that the world stands with the Ukraine with what's going on. 
Um, I, I don't know too much about the politics. I don't know too much about the region. I don't know about what's going on between Russia and Ukraine and why Russia feels like they need to invade Ukraine, but whatever. Here's my problem. Canon has announced that Canon Europe has stopped shipments, shipments to Russia. Right. Adobe announced that they will cease all new sales and cut off the creative cloud to Russia. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. What if you or I were Russian and we love our country, but we just hate the, the, the ding dong in charge and we don't agree with anything that our leaders are doing. I'm sure many countries can, can kind of, can kind of relate, but people, you know, just because you're a citizen there, should you be held accountable for your, your leaders? <sighs> trying to be gentle here. For how much your leader sucks, the, the Russian people need to do what they need to do to keep their, their country the way they, they want their country. Look, right. I'm, I'm not Russian. I don't know. Um, I think I know two people that, that, were, that were born that born there, but you know, don't have any really any skin in the game. Right. But the thing is, is and, and that's down the road. But here's the problem. What happens to, I'm trying to think of, Russian names without trying to be offensive. Uh, what are what are good Russian names? Um, Sonia. Is Sonia a Russian name? I think. Natasha. Natasha. Natasha maybe. one. What's a what's a guy's name? Sven. Sven. Sven and Natasha. Over there in 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 Russia, and that's their home country. They were born there. They live there. Most people will die there. Maybe they don't. They don't agree with the politics of what's going on, but maybe they can't, they can't leave. They can't pack up and go. Maybe it's a, maybe they're photographers. Maybe they, they, they subscribe to something else that they need a, a world service for. What if, what if these people are, are trying to cover the journalism of what's going on, or they're trying to get by with making portraits of people of fellow Russian citizens I, I don't I don't know how to feel about Adobe just saying nope no more Creative Cloud or Canon saying nope no more cameras I, I don't understand is it are are you are you are you punishing the, the the dictator or are you punishing the 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 people of which most of them don't have a choice in in who rules over them and they got what they got and and maybe they can't leave I mean what what is the answer when 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 I, if I were to sit there if, if Adobe was sitting across the uh, in in the studio across from the the desk right now? What are what are photographers in in Russia supposed to do? Are they just out of luck? I mean, I don't know what the answer is. There are other programs, but everyone uses Photoshop. I mean, there are other programs, but but the thing is, is what if, like I said. It, and what about Canon? Right. You know what if what if somebody up there is a is a a Canon shooter, and they they had a lens they they broke a lens. I, I just don't I just don't understand the the decisions being made. At such a low level, that are affecting individual citizens, when you're trying to sit there and 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 put yourself on a pedestal and and wave a wave a blue and yellow flag and say, oh, we did something. Uh, I, I don't understand. Now, if you want to cut off the, 
the, the Russian government from, from having a Creative Cloud account, or you want to cut off any sales to the Russian government of cameras, I can understand that. But if I, I just don't think the way to do it is to completely screw the little people. I don't know. What do you guys think? I Maybe I'm, I'm completely off base here, but what do you guys think about Adobe and now Canon stepping up and saying, "Oh, look at us! We we cut off everything from the Russian uh, the Russian people." Is it is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? I'd, I'd love to hear other takes on that because I I think it's completely crappy that you're treating the bulk of the citizenship the citizenry of Russia by the uh, by the crazed leader that they have they that they have. That's all I'm going to say about that. So, but let me know. Let me know either either uh, you know make a comment on the uh, on the Facebook or email or or whatever. But let me know. Let me know what you think because, like I said, I, I've I've stated my piece. Just because of the way a a leader reacts, doesn't mean everybody under them uh, agrees with them. Right. That's it. And. Another piece of news I saw, lovers of Nikon gear could have their heart skip a beat with Nikon's new lens offering, literally. Yeah. Apparently Nikon's new, uh, it's called SSVCM, Silky Swift. This this sounds like, <laughs> this sounds like a, a service at your local salon, the Silky Swift hair shampooing. But no, uh, God love you, Nikon. Um, they've come up with a silky swift voice coil motor that is uh, that is uh, image stabilization of new lenses and it's and it's stopping pacemakers. Apparently, uh, if you if you work with this lens, you uh, you need to keep it away from anybody with a pacemaker. Interesting. Really. And it says other medical devices also. So who knows what else they're interfering with. Yeah, the the actual warning says, do not use this product if you have a pacemaker or other medical device. The magnet or magnets in this product could cause medical devices to malfunction. I mean, does that include insulin? I've been seeing a lot of things for the you know for people with 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 diabetes, Wilford Brimley diabetes with diabetes, and they have to take the insulin things and they have to they have to read the, they have to read their I guess blood sugar is that it? If they have an insulin pump. Uh, it could be affected because there could be metal parts to it. But what I've seen, I've seen a lot of, of commercials lately where I guess it's it's this thing that you have, you have super glue to your body, and I I guess it it pokes in. The, I don't know how it works. Maybe it pokes into your skin. It gets into your bloodstream, and you can monitor your sugar, but you could also make it give yourself insulin. It can it can jam a smarty into your vein. Remember the smarties when we were kids. <laughs> And maybe it just pushes a smarty in, into into your vein, but but the problem is is that's usually Bluetooth. I guess that's Bluetooth or maybe NFC, which I guess is near field communication, where the phone can react with it and 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 can kind of monitor those things. I mean, I, I don't I don't understand. I mean, there's probably a bunch of other medical devices too. Potentially. Wow, that's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Hmm. Uh do you let's say you're not let you're Nikon Christy. Let's pretend let's pretend you're yes. Nikon. Do you put out a really cool thing that could 
kill people and just put the warning on there, or do you maybe you maybe figure out that that the next level of image stabilization isn't isn't worth it? I'm thinking since there are so many elderly people who use especially the mirrorless systems, maybe they need to redo the system. Reminds me of something that we talked about. We have we have a friend that that we talked to. Was it last week or the week the week before? They were taking some kind of a, oh, maybe you can remember what kind of medicine this is, or maybe we shouldn't say what medicine this is if we can remember. They were taking some kind of medicine. Right. They went to the doctors. The doctor said, hey, you need this medicine. And instead of prescribing this medicine, they the, do- the doctor's office just happened to have like all these free samples. Right. Gave them like two weeks worth of free samples. Well, this person was taking this medicine and, eat, and also eating grapefruit. I mean, this person lives on grapefruit. Well, the problem is, is the free samples didn't have the 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 big sheet that would usually come with a with a full on prescription. Right. So therefore, the trial samples didn't say what the prescription said, which was under no circumstances should you be eating grapefruit and taking this medication. I mean, the guy almost died. And he, you know, was kind of kind of messed up in the head, and and just uh, just just having a bad time of things, kind of causing mental issues. Um, do you get to this point with the Nikon lens? When you buy a new lens, how many people? I mean, I do because I'm kind of weird like that. But how many people are reading the the manual that comes with the lens? They're reading the box. What happens if that lens gets sold secondhand? And somebody picks it up from, you know, one of those, uh, you know, one of the, the 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 usual used gear people. What happens if they pick that up and don't have any of the warning signs of, you know, hey, maybe you shouldn't, you know, put this next to your fake heart. Well, not fake heart, but pacemaker. That could be very dangerous, and it could kill people. I don't know. That's that's kind of scary. Yeah. But what do I know? I think lawn darts are still a great idea. It weeds out the dumb kids like me who was like, <laughs> I'm bored already. Let's just put it up. Let's just throw it straight up in the sky and see if I can dodge it. Um, hmm. That's kind of weird. It is. You um, you you got a book. We'll talk about this this book that you uh, you picked up. I found a new book on cyanotype toning, and I really enjoyed reading how someone else tones and works with cyanotypes okay what's the name of the book and who's it by it's cyanotype toning by is her name way to be prepared dear sorry (laughs) wow come Um, on come on i can't i can't tap dance for you forever give me one moment and i oh for god's sakes cyanotype toning book new oh If I get to it before you do, Annette Golas, I may be butchering that. I I do apologize, and for some reason, my Amazon thinks I'm. How come when I do a search for something through um through uh, I've actually started using Brave Search, search brave.com. It's like the default for the Brave browser, which I like, and they're like, hey, try this new search engine. I don't know if this is I, – I had this problem with DuckDuckGo as well, where if I did a search for something and found an Amazon link, 
it changes around like like right now I'm on the the Spanish version amazon.com forward slash es forward slash whatever okay but but now I have to go in and everything's in Spanish now I need to go in and change it back to to English let me see yes now if I go to amazon.com everything is in Spanish because I just happened to hit a link through something and oh, this sucks. That is weird. Anyway, cyanotype. Well, I'm not like not like her name's gonna change because it's it's English now. But um yeah, cyanotype toning using botanicals to tone blueprints naturally. I'm not a big fan of calling cyanotypes blueprints, but I think they're I think that's very one dimensional of cyanotypes. But hey, if it gets if it gets people to buy your book, it's uh, that's good. It's by Annette Golaz. As I said, I apologize if I'm butchering butchering her name. But tell us a little bit about the book. It talks about using all natural things like matter, matter or uh, powder and things. Uh, you mean things as in pigments? Pigments. Okay. Like that have been used through the ages to tone cyanotypes to yeah. different colors, and it tells you all different colors. And it even goes into how to maybe try to get three colors into a cyanotype. Well, that's a big thing now. And and Christine uh, Christine always taught you know toning with with cyanotypes, and she's she's actually taught a couple uh, you know uh, in in her a little bit more extended class. She does talk about toning and then and then doubling up on on cyanotype and actually being able to do this. But what's kind of interesting here, and I and I leafed through it too. But it's uh, it's an interesting book, and Christine's been liking it because she's found a lot of the the samples the same with her notes, which is you know matter root, turmeric, um, tea, tannins, you know all this fun stuff. Um, but typically, what what Christine teaches people is is to to also work with anthotypes as well, right? Because my thinking on this is it's it's not very. If I can be if I can be honest here, it's not very easy. It almost seems to be difficult for difficult sake. You know what I'm saying? Instead of actually incorporating and saying, "Okay, look, you're you're doing cyanotype. Why don't you why don't you layer an anthotype and you get a better a better red or a better green or a better, you know, whatever." Instead, you know, they're, you know, the the book is it's it's a layer that uh, that you that you tone. It's another layer that uh, that you bleach, and it's another layer, and therefore you get a blue. You get kind of a kind of a urine yellow, and and maybe a hint of red in a brown. And it's uh, and it's it's a good book. It's well written. Um, you know, she's very personable in it. And um, but. I just, I just don't know. I mean, what, what do you, what are your thoughts? I mean, you've, you've taught people, you know, multiple layers with, with toning before, but the problem is, is it's almost, it almost seems like they're trying to, to come up with a way to make full color cyanotypes when it would be kind of easier to have the, the student go, go back a step and, and maybe make an anthotype layer there. There are many different ways to do it, and it is just the way she chooses to try to do it and keep it all one hundred percent with cyanotypes. And I appreciate that. I'm 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 not I'm not knocking anybody. Right. It's just um, it almost seems to be complex for complexity's sake. 
But I can understand. I, I can totally understand. You know, okay, I want to keep it. I want to keep it cyanotype. Great. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I think uh, Christine's Christine's interested in uh, in trying this. Um, trying out some of the the thoughts that she's got. She's got some different information regarding pH and and temperature that Christine has. But um, you know, Christine's going to go through it and. And, uh, and test some of the stuff out and just kind of get get in her head and figure out what's going on but um I don't know uh, either the the red in here just is not red enough for me I I would rather see either a either a pigment print and what you can do on that is uh, is you can use a an inkjet inkjet print and and just print the red out and then if you want to put blue and then yellow on top of that you can. But um, uh, or or maybe even anthotype, put an anthotype layer in there for your red, or maybe even gum bichromate. Uh, it's just um, she does talk about how gum bichromate is a lot brighter and you get a lot more truer. Oh, that's good colors. That's at least good that she's saying, look, here's 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 the limitation of this, which yeah, uh, cyanotypes they they just never had a very good red. Um, now, now I remember a, a friend of ours, um, Joseph J. McAllister, he, I believe he toned cyanotypes on glass with gelatin. I think he toned that with like Kool-Aid with red Kool-Aid. I seem to remember a, a video that he had made. And, and if I, if you, if, if you search and you're interested and you search for, uh, Joseph McAllister and, uh, like a red or a Kool-Aid cyanotype, he came up with a really nice red, but I think that only worked with a gelatin with cyanotype in a gelatin base and then it stained it's it stained the the heck out of it too i don't know matter read also stains so that can be an issue right i don't know uh, but i'm i'm happy i'm very happy that you know she talks about the limitations and says hey your other options are like right here gum bichromate or anthotype so good that's that's good i didn't get to that point in the book but i'm i'm really glad to hear that it was more of a passing comment, but and she said that sometimes getting exact colors of cyanotones can change depending on where you're getting your chemistry, your toning agents from. Oh, of course, that's the same thing with chemistry. I mean, if you if right. you get chemistry that's not entirely pure or maybe contaminated or something, I mean that's a that's a common thing that I worry about with when I'm I'm mixing my own chemistry. So for sure, absolutely. Oh. And with botanicals, it can change depending on the time of year and on the pH. And there was different things well, that course. she said affected it. Of so. course, botanicals even 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 more so than than chemicals that may be a little bit older or maybe have a little bit of contaminant or may not be entirely entirely pure. Absolutely. And that's all she was talking about in this book. So I mean, hell, we've we've even had uh, you know when we when we get our our, our digital printer paper or our inkjet paper. I mean, hell, we've had we've had batches of paper change just overnight. You know, you go from one you go from one box to the next, and all of a sudden your colors look don't look as good as they do, and uh, and that's what got us into every time we open a new box. Okay, well, let's calibrate. Let's um, let's use a print calibrator. Let's make sure everything's coming out the way it should, because that's going to be your kind of early warning system if you've got a problem with, you know, m maybe you got bad ink. 
Maybe you got, uh, you know, maybe you got ink or, or, or something happened or corrupted up your, your color profiles or, or something's going on. But, um, but it's always, it's always very in- important to have those kind of benchmarks so that you, you follow, you, whenever you change something, you, you do a benchmark. And this goes for, as I said, with digital, digital printing, you change paper. You put new inks in, you, you change something, benchmark, 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 make sure you're doing good, and then write notes, um, this date, and then and then keep that. Right. Um, but the same thing for, for Darkroom, too. Absolutely. You, you never know when you're going to get something new, and, and, and whenever I mix up a new big batch of something... Uh, I will benchmark it. Make sure if it's if it's cyanotype or if it's salt or you know no matter what process it is, uh, I can go back and and kind of see okay something's not working right. Let me see what what my first because maybe my chemical got gotten um, contaminated. I got something new as well. Um, you know I've been I've been when when you're flying a drone, especially if it's you're outside you're out in the sunlight. Cell phones and tablets just suck in the sun. They don't have the brightness. Well, my dumb butt decided to go online and see if there was a tablet that, that had a little, bit of bright, a little bit more brightness. And I found this thing called a Triple Tech, T-R-I-P-L-T-E-K, 8-inch Pro tablet. It's an $800 tablet, but it has 1,200 nits. And nits are a measurement of brightness. And this thing looks like it, it looks absolutely perfect in the sunlight, but kind of having a little bit of buyer's remorse with it. Every every YouTuber out there that has a, a nice uh, drone channel got one for for uh, to to kind of look at and uh, and to do a review of. And half of me sits sits there and says, "Okay, well, fine. This is a drone tablet." They they worried about making sure that the drone that it works with DJI and it works with this and it works with all these different drone manufacturers and their software, but but man, this thing is really rough around the edges. When I got it, I, I put it up and and it, you know for a lot of this stuff you've got to sign into your Google account, and then of course immediately it pulls down all my contacts. I don't I don't want a tablet that pulls down all that garbage. So then I did a factory reset. I brought it in. I, I signed in without a Google account, and I went in to try to turn off all the contact stuff, and the thing crashes. It says settings setting stops working, setting stops working. Set, okay, factory reset again. Log in, bring in my contacts. Uh, you can't uninstall half the stuff there. You know, they kind of make it seem like that it's a it's an unlocked Android phone, and it's not it's not uh, beholden to to any any damn cell phone company. But still, you still got I think it's Zello, whatever the hell Zello is, and you got YouTube on it, and and these programs you can't uninstall, just like any other you know terrible. Well, not say terrible because we have Google Google Samsung phones that pretty much are terrible because they have this crap preloaded and. From our, our our cell phone company, but okay. um, but that kind of that kind of burned my butt. The thing, it doesn't have magnetic charging, which is fine, because the the battery is twelve hundred. It's it's a big it's a big honking battery. It's a big chunker of a battery too, 
and it's like 12,000 12, milliamp hours. I mean, we're talking big boy battery. And, and of course, because of the size, it's, it's a pound. So it doesn't have any, it doesn't have magnetic charge, which is fine because it probably crush any magnetic base charger base you have anyway. It doesn't accept PD. Anything we've tried to give it over 2.4 amps, which is, you know, all the old kind of chargers. A lot of the stuff now is the iSmart and the Q charger and the PD and the this. No, it doesn't like it. Comes up with a thing that says, oh, I'm being overcharged. Take, you know, unplug me now. Okay. And then I fly the drone with it. Love flying the drone with this thing. It's, you know, it's, as I said, it's, a, it's an 8-inch tablet. It's not, it's not as big as our big Samsung 10 inches. But it's a little bit bigger than our phones. And, of course, it's bright as all get out. But it doesn't pull down the H.265 stuff. And, and you know, a lot of the drones, drone stuff, it, it records an H.265, which is a video codec. I need to go to H.264 in order to bring it back to that tablet. I mean, DJI won't even download. It's not like I can even download it and off, offload it to a computer. No, I can't do that. And then on top of that, I can't even take the SD card out of my drone, put it on on my old standby SD card reader, and plug it into the into the, the thing. It doesn't accept it. So now I've got to find out what adapter I need in order to make this stupid thing read any SD cards. I, I took it over to my cell phone and it, it read just fine and it edited and looked at and saw and just had a happy day with all the H265 stuff. So I don't know. I I'm 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 not at the point where I'm thinking about sending it back, but I'm definitely at the point where it's it's kind of not as good as I as I would been been led to believe. It feels like if it almost makes me feel like this company Triple Tech maybe you've got to maybe you have to license the Android software, and it feels like they they did the bottom of the barrel, cheapest licensing ever. Because a lot of stuff in the settings that I I want to have access to, I don't have access to. Even, Even activating developer mode, there's a lot of stuff in there that I can't get rid of. I like gestures, but no, I can't turn off Google Voice, Google's uh, assistant gestures in the corners. You can... You know, apparently in the software you can do that, and apparently you can download some gesture editing stuff. Not on this, just crashes. So I'm not too sure about this thing yet. And I, and like I said, I kind of feel a little burned because some of the the big name drone people out there were talking about how amazing this tablet is. But but on the other hand, I'm a I'm a I'm a power user. I want the drone. I want a tablet or a device or whatever to do everything that it's that I want it to do well. And there's no there's no reason this can't do that. Yet here we are. It does the drone work well, at least it really seemed to work well for you. But you want a tablet that's a tablet also. Right. And all the side things. You did use it most of the weekend to Review some other things and I was watching videos. I mean, absolutely. I had that sucker turned up all the way and I was out in the sun and I had uh, it doesn't like Bluetooth. I kept having problems with Bluetooth connectivity, but but to be fair, it seemed to have a knock on wood, I guess it seemed to have a problem when there was other Bluetooth devices in the area, which is absolutely stupid 
Don't get me wrong. But at least I figure so, so 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 whatever they have inside there, maybe the Bluetooth chip that they put in there, maybe that's kind of a bargain bin. Maybe that's a cheap Bluetooth thing. The camera sucks. 21 megapixel camera, but it's absolute garbage. I did some I did some 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 shots with that and some shots with my myself. And I really want to do some more and do some real testing, but whatever. This thing's supposed to have this amazing video processor in it and an amazing CPU, but the but you can't record anything over 1080p on the camera, on the built-in camera. And it has a built-in screen recorder, but the screen is like 2,500 by 1,600 resolution, and the screen recorder won't go over 720p. It's just, it kind of sucks. I'm, I'm kind of, Like I said, I'm getting a little bit of buyer's remorse. I'm not sure if it's going to go back or not. Everything for a drone, it's perfect. But everything else, it's and and to be to be fair to Triple Tech, it's not like they're saying, hey, this this tablet's going to be really good for reading ebooks and 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 reading this and listening to music and and doing this through through Bluetooth. They're not saying that. But why are you giving me the option if if you're not? If it's supposed to be a drone. If it's supposed to be a drone, drone tablet, tablet, tell me it's a drone tablet. Right. And they kind of do, but but don't sit there and, and allow me to, to install all this kind of stuff and do this and do that and do that and do that and plug this in and plug that in and just not work. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little too harsh. Maybe I'm not. I don't know. But the but like I said, I'm still kind of very much on the fence about about it. We'll keep you updated. Yeah. All right. We're already beyond half of this episode. Um, this is something that I really wanted to kind of talk about, and it's been kind of, it's been kind of chapping my butt for a little bit, and and it's it's been like this forever, and it will never change. But my question that I want to talk about is: Will digital copyright ever get the respect it needs? And and recently, I've had a couple, you know, a couple different organizations you know people i've worked with people I haven't worked with and they just oh i like that image i'm going to take it and post it and i had another organization that wanted me to help with some stuff and it was like oh just just take this just take this from here and and i say okay well i i can't you know i'm not just going to take something from somebody because somebody made that it's got to be something that is specifically you, you either pay for to get the rights to do something with or maybe find something that's Creative Commons or royalty-free or whatever. Um, and then they sent me this this website. And, and I'm, I'm, let's, let's be honest, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus because, unfortunately, we don't, we don't teach people about copyright in this country, probably this world. And, and sometimes people go online and see... Like this one website, this website said, all of these images are royalty free. Great. Perfect. But then the next line said, we pulled them from the web and they were royalty free when we pulled them from the web. What happens if you use that and somebody decides, hey, that's that wasn't free. That's my copyright. Who do you think is going to get sued? You for using it. Well, the organization for using it. Right. You know, not not the free website that said that that was free. You know, Pinky promised this was free when I downloaded it. No. So it's 
it's just this weird thing, and, and I kind of blame Google Images. I really blame Google Images to the point where you could type in anything and find anything and then right-click on it and save it. Uh, Pinterest was a bad thing at the at the beginning. I mean, I don't think Pinterest is... Do people still use Pinterest? Some people do, I think. All I know is I see a ton of stuff. I, my old computer, I actually blocked all Pinterest... So, so I couldn't, so I didn't see it, but uh, now I'm getting it again. And it's like Pinterest. Okay. Well, somebody grabs, you know, maybe a, an article that I did and Pinterest copies the image over and uses it in their search pins. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know where copyright is going and I'm not, I don't want to be that kind of person that has to send, you know, has to send somebody a big bill because, you know, all of a sudden they're using my image. And it's it seems to be the same thing. Well, I didn't see, I didn't, you know, your Im- the, the image that I got from you didn't have a, a copyright, or didn't have your watermark, or didn't have your file name. And and typically pe- people will typically people take it down, or they add, or they or they pay for it, or they ask for license, or or uh, you know, or whatever. But. But still, it's it's just the craziest thing. And I can't tell you how many people I've worked with doing websites, doing design work, whatever, and or or making a video. I you know I've I've done some. Uh, I I recently did a video and they wanted it to they wanted to to match up with this song, a certain song. And I said, well, I can't you know I can't just I can't just sell you a piece of of work with this song. Um, I can get you something that sounds close that is either uh, something that I've licensed or something that's royalty free or or whatever and or and, and what I said was look I'll be happy to make you a video that is synced up with that song but you've got to provide your own song and you've got to keep it you've got to keep it yourself and I you know I basically told them that yeah you can find you know a very basic rudimentary uh, video editing programs, and you can put it together yourself if you want to do that as a as a person. Um, but I'm not going to do it. I I've recently had someone see images on Facebook and tell me that oh, once it's on Facebook, you can't copyright it anymore. And I don't <laughs> think they understood, you know, that that's not how it works. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Well, first of all, you know, don't, as I say don't, which means def- definitely do, you know, read over Facebook's uh, usage policy. They own your life. Every image you put on there, they have the ability to to rebroadcast, sell, put in ads. Um, and it's not exclusive. They, they can do whatever they want with it in perpetuity. And I think the latest kick in the in the in the ribs is I think they say throughout the known and unknown universe or something. I remember seeing some weird legalese which basically said if 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 there's an Earth too, if we colonize Mars, then then your copyrights, you know, then we still own it even if we're on Mars. It's the weirdest. It's such the weirdest thing. And it's all lawyerese. It's all lawyers that say, hey, I'm going to make this most blanketist statement possible. But the thing of the matter is, is you gave a, you know, you gave a, a, um, a non-exclusive right from Facebook to rebroadcast your image whenever somebody wants to call it up. 
And sadly, as I said, they can still use your image and ads and, and whatever else. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that that um, that somebody on Facebook can can right click and copy it and 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 use it for free. Definitely not. But yeah, don't put anything on Facebook that's high resolution. Yeah, you taught me that a long time ago. Now you don't want to put you know don't want to put a watermark over it and completely ruin the image, but. You don't put anything big on Facebook because I still, this, this used to be a thing. I don't know if it's, it's the same thing or not, but if anybody knows, let me know. But back in the day when you had film, whoever owned the negative owned the image. That's why photographers never gave away their negatives because that is basically the, the bill of sale for who owns the image. Well, I like to think that a current a current version of that is whoever owns the most the highest resolution image wins. Or who owns the the raw file when we're talking about digital photography or digital videography? Who owns the original captured stuff? Now now there there's a problem where you've got a lot of programs out there. You've got what's a Topaz Gigapixel. And Topaz Gigapixel can say, "Okay, well I'm going to take this image and I'm going to double the size. I'm going to interpolate all the pixels in the middle. I'm going to make it look good." Yeah, it's not the greatest. If you help, if you take an image, save it, half size it, save it, and then then re-res it back up using one of those programs to to bet the original image and, and compare them side to side, it's it's not going to be close. It might be close, but it's not going to be very close. But yeah, I don't I don't know what the the you know I don't know what the the current thing is you know what i'm saying but i still kind of i still kind of feel like he who owns he or she who owns the 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 larger image or the raw files is is the is the owner to me that would be the way it should be i mean and if you took the photograph and you can prove that you took it that has to have some influence well it actually is i mean we talked didn't we talk about this last week with the monkey Oh yeah, the monkey image. Well, the thing is, is you know, he who pushes the button owns the rights to the the image, right? And unless you're not, unless you're, unless you're not a human, <laughs> then all bets are off. But if you're a human and you push that button, you own the image. And I think we talked a little bit about this, where you know, I I had talked to a photographer a while back, and they said. Oh, well, if it's my gear and they push the button, then I still own the image. I don't know about that legally. It's interesting. But anyway, what is the, I just don't know what the fix is. What's the fix to get people to start respecting copyright again? I mean, I think, I think number one is if it's, if it's an organization that I've worked with and just because I share something of, you know, from, that I took from your organization, doesn't mean you have rights to it. Um, you know, I, I think I think it helps out, especially if it's someone you know or someone that that you've worked with, just educating them. And and the, one of the organizations I, I dealt with, they you know apologized and they seemed very interested in in knowing kind of what to what to do in the in the future. But I guess that's all of our responsibility to to you know if we if we come across this, we can kind of help people. You know, figure it out. Because think about it, they have they have work to do too, but we have work to do as well. 
And just like their work is getting a paycheck for putting out a flyer for an event, my work is getting a paycheck for pushing a button. So we need to we need to find a we need to find a happy medium between all of this so that we can all still get what get what we need to do, do what we need to do, get where we need to go without screwing each other. I agree. I just don't know how to do it. Now, if if you have a a copyright that's that's blatantly nasty, do I think you should go right to a lawyer? No, I think you should reach out. Hey, because are there going to be people out there that are doing it maliciously? Yeah, for of course. But you don't know who you've got. You know, you could you could be dealing with um you could be saying, "Hey, you know, you stole my image, but it's okay. We'll work it out." To someone who's a, a habitual image stealer. Or you may send uh, you may send a, a nasty lawyer letter to uh you know to some poor 80-year-old lady at a at a museum that all they wanted her to do was make a Facebook post. I don't know. There's got to be a me- there's got to be a happy medium there as well. Where, um, you know, I and and here's the thing with litigation and lawyers and courts and the only people that make money are the are the lawyers. I agree. So I don't know, and I'm and let's let me let me preface this by, uh, I am not a lawyer. I am not a copyright lawyer. I'm not a photography lawyer. Don't listen to anything I say. I'm just saying that. There should be a better way than getting lawyers involved. I don't know what it is. I have no idea what it is. I have no idea the best way to to you know, contact people and and talk to them about it. It seems like if ever I was kind of a more on the, hey, what are you doing? Then I felt bad because they really didn't know anything about stuff. It doesn't make them. It doesn't. It doesn't make them completely innocent. You know, just because you didn't know the law doesn't mean you can break it. And then on the other hand, where I've I've been really nice to people and I've just gotten completely walked over. You know, they they take advantage of the niceness of of you trying to come to them and not and not being a jerk. So I don't know. Either way, you can't win. It seems like. I think it's the world we live in. Yeah, probably that too. But uh, you know, and I'm not a big fan of of really, you know going crazy with the um you know with the watermarks but i mean you, you definitely do I, i've talked i've talked about it before you can tell somebody who's really new into photography when they put like this they have like this gaudy looking super high-end designed watermark and they slap that on a on a snapshot you ever see a youtube video where somebody went and they and they put a lot of time and effort into a really amazing, you know, eye-grabbing, like, world-ending intro. And then it, it, it cuts to somebody in, in their basement with a whole bunch of junk with terrible lighting and bad color corrections. It's, hey, guys, we're going to play Minecraft <laughs> or, or whatever. I love, I love Minecraft, so whatever. But what I'm saying is that's, that's what that feels like to me. And you know you definitely want to watch, but but that's that's a kind of a personal thing too. Do you put a watermark now? If I'm proofing images, if I've taken images of um, you know senior portraits or or business images or corporate images, whatever, um, I will I will put proof over them, right? 
but uh, but as far as just sharing stuff online, you know, I put a little watermark on the bottom, and I don't know. If I see somebody that, that just puts a, a gaudy logo across the whole center of the image as their, like, as their portfolio images, I, I don't even give them a second thought. And I think that's how a lot of the world is. You know, they're just going to go into somebody different. It's weird. It's really, it's really odd. Yeah, it's odd. There's a lot of people, I think, who don't understand why you should give credit to the photographer. And then there are other people who know and just don't want to do it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 we don't have that same thing anywhere else. I mean, do, do people go to a restaurant and get a nice meal and think that that meal just materialized out of nothing? Um, what about, um, I don't know. What about uh, what about going and seeing a show? What about going and seeing you know going to Vegas and seeing that guy with the jalapeno on a stick? <laughs> Do just because you've experienced it, does it mean you can take you can take from that that and 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 repurpose it as your own? No, we have we have rules against that against copyright law. I'm trying to think of other of other good things because I can't sit there and talk about a meal because the meal I've given you, I've given you ingredients put together in a, in a a special thing. You were getting a physical product. Right. And when it comes to stealing stuff on the internet, you're not stealing an actual product. It's kind of the whole piracy thing. You know, is it, is it hurting somebody if you're pirating WinRAR or WinZip, you're pirating something that you wouldn't have bought in the first place. Is it hurting the developer? It's it's kind of that weird legal gray area there that just it's just kind of weird to wrap your wrap your wrap your ra- brain around it. Well, you know, just because that developer, you know, just because they wouldn't have sold you a copy, it doesn't make it okay that you can just steal a copy. And kind of the same thing with photography, you know, just because, uh, you know, you, you maybe buy a print doesn't mean you can scan that, make a bunch of other prints and then, and then sell them. Or if I put it online, you just can't, you just can't take it and say, oh, well, I wasn't going to buy a copy of that anyway, but I'm going to put it all over on my social media, or I'm going to use it for my organization, or I'm going to use it in my design, or I'm going to do this or that. I don't know. It's the weirdest. It's weird. But artists get it. Artists always get it. I can't tell you how many times people have asked me, hey, I like this image. I'm an artist. Can I draw this? In fact, we've got a couple things. Um, sadly, I don't have any of them hanging. But I've got, I've got, a, whole, I've got a whole shelf full of stuff that, uh, that people asked, hey, do you mind if I take this image, I'm an artist, and kind of take some inspiration from it and, and make a painting? And they'll send me a copy of it. They'll send me a print. And, uh, and it's, it's the coolest thing. Um, I've gotten, uh, I've, it's been a couple of years now, but I've, I'd gotten an email from a, from a lady asking, I think it was one of my cityscapes. And she said, um, I, I want to ask you because it's the right thing to do, which it is. I'd love to use your image and I'd love to paint a mural in my son's room. I think it was like one of my, my stadium cityscapes or whatever it was. 
how much would you charge me? And I could have said, hey, I'm going to charge you $100 to paint a mural in your son's room, but maybe I'm maybe I'm just a, maybe I'm just a, a hypocrite because I told her, hey, as long as you send me a photo of what it looks like when you're done, you can do it. I don't know. I don't know what the I don't know what the end all be all is for all this copyright stuff. I mean, just because we can send cease and desist and bills and lawyers and and uh, you know we can send the we can release the hounds on people doesn't mean we always should. And how cool, how cool was it that somebody gra- took my image and painted a mural on their their son's room? How cool was it that I was able to work with an artist and give them, and they didn't even copy the whole thing. They didn't even copy the whole image. They took, uh, it, was a, it was a bird photo. They took the bird out, and they liked the position of the bird, and they basically drew that bird in somewhere else and sent me a couple, a couple prints of it. I mean, that's really cool. But just somebody taking, 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 and making use of it, uh, you know, I don't know. It's just a whole bunch of babbling that that I really don't know the answer to, to be honest with you. So maybe that's uh, that's what we got to think about. We got to ask, you know, we got to ask our, our listeners, you know, what do you think? What are your, what are your thoughts on all of the uh, all the copyright stuff? How do we get people back into well? Back actually makes it seem like they they respect it at any point, but how do we get people into respecting copyrights? Not to the point where we're going to be total jerks about it. And we're going to be, you know, we're, we're just going to go, um, you know, we're just going to overcorrect and oversteer into, you know, being being jerks about it. But but how do we get people to be a little bit more conscious of copyright and at least reach out? You know, reach out to me. I'm a big softy. Uh, you know, if somebody's got a good cause or you've got a good a good reason to do this or do that and you ask me to use something, uh, maybe you want to make art or whatever. After I listen to your 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 pitch, I probably will say go for it. Or if it's an organization I'm not too too fond of, or I'll probably say no, or I'll send you you know I'll, I'll I'll quote you a lot of money, but then you you know you go into somebody else, you go into somebody that that may be able to support your cause, but but don't be like a don't be a for profit company, and and try to weasel you know weasel imagery out of out of professional photographers. And the sad thing is a lot of people do it. A lot of you know brand new beginner photographers they'll get that they'll get that email saying we're going to put your name on a calendar. I had a friend, uh, we have a friend that a new friend that uh just dabbles into photography and he said um uh this calendar company contacted him wanted to put his image on a calendar. <laughs> and I said uh, I'm going to use a fake name. I said Fred It almost sounds like the old poetry crap where, where you know, people would say, oh, we found your poetry on blah, blah, blah. We want to publish you. And they publish you along with 47,000 other poets. And then they, then they give you a bill for the book. And they want you to buy the book. You know, they're going to put your poetry in their book, but they can't even send you a copy of the book because that's the scam. They put so much poetry in this book. And they know that, what are you going to do? Because you're brand new and you're gullible, you're going to buy a poem book that's got my poem in there. 
Of course, it's going to be in in you know six point font on page four hundred ninety seven, and they'll probably even spell your name wrong. Well, that's what happened with this. It was a it was a calendar, and it wasn't even a full a full page photo. It was a bunch of photos in a collage on a calendar, and they know that the photographer, in order to prove that they were published, put will buy a calendar. And they'll likely buy a calendar for their parents, for their friends, for their family. And that's that's how it happens. Yeah, that happens all the time. But, uh, yeah. But anyway, a lot of people kind of get those stars in their eyes. Oh, this, uh, this organization wants to use my image. And like I said, you've you got to, uh, first of all, if your name is spelled correctly, you're count you know be 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 you know count your lucky stars that they actually spell your name correctly uh if they've got a a website if you have them take them to your website and they they spell the website correctly you know you're really lucky and second of all you're gonna it's like pulling teeth to get a copy to get a free copy of it hey look i'm letting you do this um at least send me a copy of whatever you're doing Send me, uh, you know, send me a, a box. Send me the box art for the box that you're, you know, you're, you're doing something on. Send me a copy of blah, 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 blah. Companies that actually value photography will automatically send you stuff. Um, you know, back, you know, one thing, thing that I'm actually looking at right now because I've got hanging on the wall is uh, one of the images I made, you know, a while ago. They they put on the... Um, the the local phone book. Remember phone books? <laughs> and uh, and it was kind of cool. It was a really cool process. You know, it was one of the first times. It's actually, phew, I don't remember how long ago that was. We're probably talking more than 15 years ago. But it was, you know, a really cool image. They, you know, they 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 designed it up. They embossed it on the, the, the front page of the, the the local book is the the company that, that was called here. And, uh I came up with a number at some point. How many people probably saw that? Because it was the it was the phone book for a, a vacation destination. I mean, the, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people probably saw my image, but my name was spelled right. My website was spelled right. They sent me a bunch of the covers. I didn't even have to ask for it. Usually, companies on the up and up they they sit there and they're not gonna they're not gonna putz around with you with pricing. They're gonna say, hey, we want to use this image. We saw it on blah blah blah. Um, we pay this much for the the cover, and we pay this much for the inlay. And we pay this much and this much. We think we we think we want to use it for the cover, and you know you you got to get your ducks in a row. You got to get all your you know. I had I had one person on the cover. It was a surfer, and I had to I had to track the surfer down. I wasn't expecting, you know, I was kind of playing with a new lens. I wasn't expecting to uh, to sell any of those images. And, uh, and it's like the last, you know, you, you never know. You never know when something just, just pops out and, and does it. But typically good companies are going to be the ones that it's no shade. It doesn't seem slimy and shady. And you don't have to sit there and ask for this and ask for that. And, you know, we, we talked about it before. Have some self-respect for your art. Have some self-respect for your gear. And I don't care if you're a beginner or a professional. Anybody can take uh, it just, it, it's any given Sunday. 
if you're there at the right point of time, the right, uh, you know, the, the right day, the right light, the right this, the right that, you can capture an image that, you know, that could be famous. I don't care if you're a beginner or a professional. Now, do you increase your odds of making a great image as a professional? I say yes, because you can adjust for lighting. You can adjust for this problem, that problem, this problem. That way, if, if the UFOs land in your backyard and drop off Bigfoot, you can be pretty assured that you're going to get an image. So I just think you stack the deck in your favor if you're if you're a trained a you know a, a trained photographer. So I don't know. That's my rant. I'm done ranting. I think that's all we had for today. Well, that's good. I want to know what everybody else thinks about uh, about all this stuff. Uh, are we? Uh, am I completely off base? Or do you guys think about the same way? Do you have any other thoughts on on the on the whole thing? It's uh, it's a little it's a little odd. Don't know how we get back to where we need to be, but uh, you know we and we may never get there. This is probably going to be an, an argument and a and a complaint session and a a just a just a, a topic that is going to go on for as long as as there are creatives out there and then there are corporate people that just don't care about the creatives. So there you go. Uh, as always, you can connect with us on our Facebook group or through email at podcastunderredglow.com. And as always, your comments just might make it to a future episode. As always, a big thank you to everyone for continuing to join us. All the love and support we receive from people liking us on Facebook, subscribing and rating us on your podcast platform of choice. And also a big thank you to our Patreon and subscription supporters. We're starting at just a buck. You can get our shows early with our supporters only after show all without ads. Be sure to check out other supporter tiers as well, which are good towards bringing you along on our dark room projects with great rewards. All of our links can be found in our show notes and also on www.underredglow.com. And now with episode 85 down, it's been our absolute pleasure spending this time with you. Please be sure to subscribe to Under Red Glow. And if we've earned your recommendation, other photographers of any skill of our process, we would certainly appreciate you sharing us with them. A big thank you to my co-host, Christine Milliker, and of course, everyone for listening. If you're listening on Patreon or our supporter page, stay tuned for the after show. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to visiting with you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.